Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from three of our young guns, Gabe, Mark, and Marie. Praise God. Thank you, Alex. Good morning, everybody. You all brave the cold. Um, yeah, I'm super honored to get to speak and share with you guys. Uh, it's a real, uh, it's my first time up here, so it's a real pleasure and uh, yeah, I'm just excited for what God's going to do. Just open up with some prayer. Um, Jesus, just thank you so much for this morning, God. Thank you for every person here, God. I just pray that you would speak to us, Lord. Speak to our hearts today, God. I pray that you would uh, just give myself and Mark and Marie the words to say, God, and, and just touch hearts today, Lord. Just thank you so much for uh, your love and your grace, God. It's all because of you that we're here. So we just give this time to you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so if you guys want to turn with me to Matthew 28, 16 to 20, uh, it's really interesting because I'm sharing today on something I've, I've actually never shared on before. Uh, and I felt to talk about the Great Commission. Um, a lot of the time when I share, I feel like God puts on my heart to talk about love or, you know, maybe miracles or... Uh, healing, something like that, but I felt like God was putting on my heart the Great Commission. And, uh, you know, Alex said that Charity and I are the missions directors, but then he said eight years of experience. And so it was like, we didn't come here looking to be missions directors. We just have a heart for missions. God's just marked our heart for missions. You know, we were doing that for eight years. When we were in California at Reading Church, I was just working in a pizza place, you know, and then we would go on mission trips. So it wasn't like a, a full-time position. It wasn't like um, yet we were, you know, the church employed us to be missionaries. It was just on our heart to do. God put on our heart. God marked our heart. And that's what I'm believing for this morning, that God is going to mark our hearts, mark people's hearts. Uh, and as I was praying about it, I was just feeling him say that he just, he's going to do that. He's going to touch your heart. Like maybe there's a people group he's called you to. Maybe it's here in Australia. You know, it can be our own backyard. It can be... Australia, you know, my home country is America, but can be our own home countries, you know. Uh, in the Great Commission, we'll just read that real quick. Uh, let me, I'm not even ready yet. All right, there we go. Um, so 16 to 20, he says, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountains which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you even to the ends of the age. And Mark 16, 15 says, uh, very similar, he says, Go into all the nations and preach the gospel. Um, and so I felt... Just to share that, like, God wants to put somewhere on your heart. He wants to put a people. He says, go into all the nations. Australia is a nation, you know. It doesn't just have to be missions. I think often when we hear the Great Commission, we think of missions. I think that's part of it, but I don't think it's limited to that. It can be right here. You know, maybe there's a neighborhood that you feel like you're supposed to move into and be a light there. Maybe it's a poor neighborhood. Maybe it's a nicer neighborhood. Where is it that God's calling to? Maybe it's a particular position or job that God says, hey, I want you to apply there. I want you to go there, work there, be a light there. Like, where is God? 
Who's God marking your heart for? You know, and for me, that was missions. And it's so interesting because at a young age, I actually remember the enemy trying to put fear and doubt into my heart regarding my destiny. And I think that's what he does so often. He tries to get us to be afraid of something. Even as a teenager, I remember sitting in youth because I grew up in a Christian household and a, my dad's a pastor. But I remember someone saying something about missions. And it was like this fear just rose up inside of me. And it was the enemy trying to get me to be afraid of the destiny that God had called me to from a young age, trying to get me to doubt. And so I grew up with that fear. And then it's like when, well, when I was a teenager and God really got a hold of my heart, or sorry, in my 20s, it was like that fear left. And this desire and this passion rose up for the mission field. Uh, and I ended up going on my first mission trip when I was in uni, went to Nicaragua. And it's so cool because it was there that God birthed in me a desire to learn Spanish. Uh, after the trip, I just came back and I was like, I want to learn Spanish, I want to learn Spanish. It was to the point that I actually started trying to teach myself. And uh, it was kind of funny because I thought I was pretty good. And then I was set to go to Mexico for school, uh, which is funny because that was the country I was afraid to go to as a kid was Mexico. And here all these years later, after, you know, God's changed my heart, going to Mexico to study. And uh, when I got to Mexico, I realized my Spanish wasn't very good at all. <laughs> I couldn't understand anything, and I was, like, completely lost. And I was like, oh, here I was thinking I was good, and, and God really, uh, he humbled me. Uh, and it was a humbling experience, but I learned a lot. Um, and so it's funny that it's amazing how it works. Like, we have this destiny. We have this calling. Often there's fear that's in front of it, that's trying to keep us from it. So I just encourage you to push through that fear. You know, maybe it's something from a long time ago you've heard God speak to you like, hey, I want you to do this, or you're going to go to this place, or you're going to reach these people, but you're afraid, and you haven't stepped through it. Or maybe you did at one point, then you pulled back. Like, I just encourage you to step through it. Step through that fear, because those things try to keep us from what God has called us into. You know, when he called the disciples, he said to go into all the nations. But they actually thought, that it was just for the Gentiles. They didn't know that it was for, sorry, that it was just for the Jews. They didn't know it was for the Gentiles as well at that point. Like, they, it hadn't fully been opened up to them that, hey, this is the gospel for all the world. And so it's really interesting that Paul becomes the main sort of missionary in the, in the early church when he seemed the most qualified to preach to the Jews, and then he's the one going out to the Gentiles. It says in Acts um, sorry, not in Acts, it's uh, Galatians 2, verse 10. You can turn there with me. All right, Galatians 2. Um, it's talking about, like, Peter's calling and, and his calling, and talking about how Peter was called to the Jews and, and he was called to the Gentiles. Um, and so... 2 verse, uh, we start at verse 7. Um, it says, But on the contrary, when they saw the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, that's Paul, as the gospel for the circumcision was to Peter. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. 
And this verse speaks to me a lot because when we go to Nicaragua, you know, there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of poor. And uh, that's something, you know, God has really marked in my heart and just really broken my heart over is to reach these people because they have nothing. They have so little, uh, but yet they're so hungry and so desperate for God. Uh, and one of the amazing things being there that I've seen has been, um, like, we ask in the trash dumps, you know, we say, like, why? It seems like just the miracles happen all the time, and people are always getting healed, and it's just crazy stuff happening. And we, we talked to some of the missionaries there, and they said, yeah, people have nothing else. All they have here is God. They're completely dependent on God. Uh, and I just thought that was so amazing, the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so, um, so Paul is called to the Gentiles, and he went on about three missionary journeys, and it's so interesting, like most of the New Testament that he wrote is written to these churches after his missionary work, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, it's written to these churches that were formed or founded on these missionary journeys, uh, and so um, Paul was, he was open to what God wanted to do in his life. Uh, it says in Acts 21, sorry, 22, in verse 21. Let me just turn there real quick. Acts 22, verse 21. All right. It says, I'll just read the last from verse 18, sorry, excuse me. Uh, sorry, 17, go back. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, him being Jesus, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I was also standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to them, to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. So it's so interesting. It's Jesus speaking to Paul, personally telling him where he's going to go. Where is Jesus speaking to you? Or what is Jesus saying to you? What is, what is he talking to you about? Where is he sending you? It can be that personal commission from Jesus. You know, Charity and I, it's so cool how God does it because missions was on my heart, you know, before I met Charity. And then Charity and I, we were, you know, one of the first times sitting down hanging out. I was actually teaching her Spanish. And uh, it was just Spanish, just Spanish lessons. There's nothing else there. Uh, we were just friends at that point. But I asked her, you know, what is your, what do you feel like your calling is? Where do you feel like God's leading you sort of after Bethel? And she just shared her heart to be on the mission field. And it was so cool because it's like here God was bringing us together with this similar desire, this similar focus and calling and destiny, you know. So it's just so cool how God can intertwine our lives if we just listen to that calling, if we don't let fear hold us back, if we don't let things hold us back, but we just press into him and what he has for us. Because if I had let fear hold me back, would never have gone to Nicaragua the first time, wouldn't have learned Spanish, you know, wouldn't have stepped into those things that he's called me to. 
just thinking about the amazing relationships, the lives that we've gotten to see change on the mission field, you know, other places too. It's not, like I said before, just limited to the mission field, but for me, that's been a big part of it, you know, just thinking about that. It's amazing what God can do when we step into that calling, when we hear him speak to us and we're like, okay, I'll do it. I'll go, you know. People are so surprised. They're like, when we say we go on a mission trip, they're like, oh, well, what about the kids? You leave them behind? We're like, no, we bring them with, you know, because that's for me in my house. We'll serve the Lord. So we take the kids with us, you know, get them exposed to other cultures, get them exposed to what God's doing. You know, we want them to be a part of it. It's our whole family. It's a family thing. Um, and so I just want to encourage you with that. I think I'm right at my 10 minutes. Uh, I feel like I'm a master chef. 10 minutes, go. You know, so just bless you guys. Just go with God, what he's calling you to, where he's calling to you, wherever that may be. Uh, this isn't just a plug for missions. This is the Great Commission, what God has called you to do. So bless you guys. Cool. Wow, this is exciting. I might put my timer on. How you going, guys? You good? Praise God. Hey, it's funny, um, Bolly just mentioned something. Bolly's here, praise God. Uh, I'll back. Um, she just mentioned, she goes, look at you two, you, you address the same. I never knew that when we get married, it says that, that two become one flesh, but I didn't think literally you dress the same as well. <laughs> both got a purple cardigan on, both got ripped jeans. So funny. <laughs> yeah, I know, I need a scarf as well. Holy Ghost. Well, <laughs> um, what did I want to share on today? What did I want to share on today? So basically, I just wanted to share on the Word. Um, I've been asking God, what's something that you really want to speak to your, to your body about? What's something powerful that, that everyone will actually receive? And it's about the Word of God. Um, and we actually... We have to live by the word. We have to be in the word constantly. We have to live our life through the word. And if we're not living in the word, we're disempowered Christians. Um, and it's, so, it's, 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 it's such a powerful thing. Over the last few years, I've been living through the word. It, it was kind of like I gave my life to Jesus about eight, eight years ago. And, um, you know, I, I, I came to God. And it was all awesome. I had the first love fire. And then I guess I didn't have, take the word seriously. I'd be, you know, come to church on a Sunday and then do the rest of my life and I would never really get into word. I'd just kind of be like, you know, just do whatever. Um, but only recently, I've just, well, not recently, I, only in the last few years, I've really been getting into the word and pressing into the word. And that's when I'm starting to see transformation in my life, man. Like, that's where the transformation is. Otherwise, we're just disempowered, you know. Me and Marie, we're constantly in the word. Like, as soon as we wake up, we'll put word of promise on and we'll just marinate in the word. You know, everywhere we go, we're preaching the word. Last night, we were at Chadston with my sister, and we just were just led to some guy, and he was, you know, he was on drugs and stuff like that. And we just were led to just to share, share Jesus with him. It was, it was awesome, right? But it's because we're always soaking into God. We're always, we love Jesus. We love Jesus. Like, he's our everything. Like, we don't, we don't sit around and watch Netflix in our spare time. We sit and we seek God. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do in our spare time. We seek God because we love it. We love him. 
There's nothing like him. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You have to, you have to be soaking yourself in the word. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, yeah? So if you're soaking in the word, what's to be coming out? Yeah, it's the word. Holy Ghost. Anyway, where are my notes? Here we go. I'm going to read something to you guys. Psalms 1, chapter, uh, Psalms 1, verse 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Is that an amazing promise, hey? If we delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night, whatever season we're in, we're going to bear fruit. Whether we're going through hard seasons, whether we're going for good seasons, we're always going to be bearing fruit. And that's what we can rely on. You know, sometimes we go through some hard stuff, right? Sometimes we go through stuff where we're like, oh man, where is God in this moment? You know, where is God? God, if you say you love me, well, how come this is happening to me? But when you're in the word, there's always, there's a win-win with God. It's never a loss with God. It's a win-win constantly. It's true. Speaking the word over your life too is so important. Speaking the word. Waking up and molding yourself with the word. His word never returns void. Never returns void. There's power and life and death in the tongue. Right? So what are you speaking over your life? Are you speaking death or are you speaking life? Are you waking up in the morning and go, thank you, Father, that I'm a righteous son. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm holy and blameless before you. Thank you, I'm the righteousness of God. Are you speaking these things over your life? Or are you saying in your head, oh man, I'm never going to be good enough. Oh, one day I'll achieve that. One day I'll be holy. One day I'll be this and this and that. No, you have to be realigning yourself with the word. Align yourself with the word. It's so, so important. Shakadaba, rasa, rambaba, kitaraba, site. John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in my word, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me, in my word. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We can do nothing without him. We can do nothing. I love this revelation because I, I literally, I, I have no skills. <laughs> like, I look at myself, I'm like, I'm not really good at much. <laughs> but with him, I can do everything. Yeah? How amazing is that? Sometimes I rock up to work and I feel so disqualified. Like, I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? Like, I'll sit in a care team meeting and I'll be scratching my head going, oh my gosh, they're all professional. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But... Knowing you have Jesus and knowing you're a son, you walk and you, and you reign as kings in life. That's what it says. It says in Romans 5, we reign as kings in life. So I, I, I marinate on this. I marinate on this word and it just, it just strengthens me, you know. Because, I, I, man, in the past I've struggled with anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, all this kind of stuff. And it's junk. It's from the devil. And it's the way that seems right to a man. It's the way we've been programmed all our life to believe that you're not going to be this, that you have to be like this, that you compare yourself to other people. There's always going to be someone bigger, better, stronger. 
Yeah, but we, we don't compare ourselves with other people. We, we look to Jesus. He says, be holy for I am holy. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Oh, thank you, Lord. He's the bread of life. He's our daily bread. Isn't he? You know, when Jesus was in the wilderness, what did he use? Against the enemy. The word. Wasn't it? He could have just gone out, you know, because he's, he's all powerful God. But what did he do? He used the word. He said, it is written. Sometimes we, 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 we go through these things in life and we're not using the word because we think that we can just, you know, just conjure up something, a mindset. Conjure up a mindset. No, no, usher this up. and No, no, no. But we have to be getting to the word and prophesying that over our life. You know, Ezekiel, he prophesied the word and bones became life. That's because of the spoken word of God. The spoken word. Imagine seeing that, like seeing a valley of dry bones and he speaks the word of God over it and these bones, these sinews just come together, bone by bone and just become life. That's how powerful this, this word is, man. It's so, so powerful. Holy Ghost. It says in Isaiah uh, 55, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It doesn't return void either. You speak it over your life, it does not return void. It's eternal. The word is eternal, man. You know, all these other things, they're just going to die eventually. Everything is on this earth, but the word's eternal. You need to be soaking in it. I'm going to read one more scripture. It's in Psalms 103. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. Did you know that? Did you know that when you speak the word over your life, there's actual angels that heed to the voice of the word? How cool is that? Like you start speaking, you say, oh, I set assignments, ministering angels right now in Jesus' mighty name over this, over this situation or over this you know, problem. And heeding, uh, angels literally heed to the voice of the word. There's power in it, bro. Guys, <laughs> holy ghost. Hey, let's, um, let's do something together. Let's start speaking the word over us. All right, where is it? Does everyone, does everyone want to stand up? Cool. All right, let's sweat it out. I am, com just repeat after me, yeah? I am completing him. Who is the head of all principality. And power. and power. I'm alive with Christ. I'm free from the law of sin and death. I'm born of God. And the evil one does not touch me. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. I have the greater one living in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm a spirit being. Alive to God. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a partaker of His divine nature. Who? 
How's that feel? It's good, yeah? <laughs> Holy Spirit. Thanks, guys. You can sit down now. This is actually like just some, some content, some resource me and Marie found on, on the internet. But it says, knowing who I am in Christ. But, you know, imagine waking up. Not imagine you guys can actually do it. But waking up every morning and just prophesying over yourself. Prophesy, molding your spirit man to who God has called you to be. You know, imagine just doing that, just waking up going, all right, God, I feel crap this morning. I'm going through this and I've got the pressure of life and this is stressing me out. But you get up and you just start speaking the word. Like half an hour. Like a soldier. We're in a war, man. We're in a war. We need to be using the weapons of our warfare. Right? What's the weapons of our warfare? Amen. Holy Ghost. Anyways, I think my time's up. Um, yeah, Holy Ghost. Hey, everyone. Hey. All right. You know what? Oh, that was awesome, guys. You, Gabe and Mark. Yeah. Big pocket rockets. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> won't go there. Um, I love it. You know what? I just want to just kind of roll off what Mark said there. It was just highlighted to me. But how awesome is that? At the end of that scripture that he mentioned, he said, it's that verse 7, if you abide in me. Oh, sorry. That was... Uh, John 15, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. How awesome is that, huh? You'll be able to ask what you desire and while you're abiding in God, you're going to be having his same desires. His desires become your desires, yours, they're intertwined and it shall be done for you. So, and that's awesome. I just love that because I felt like sharing today about there is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus and God help me with this whole 10-minute mark thing. And, um, and, and just trusting and praying in his name, you know, trusting in him, knowing who you're praying to and the name that you're praying in. You know, um, just recently, you know, I, I, I see things get highlighted to me like, just the other week, you know, my, my parents' neighbour, they're moving and they've been living there for like 36 years and, um, yeah, and so they're moving to another place and they had sold their house already without buying a new one and so their kids were like, hey, why don't you just rent for a year and then, you know, buy so it's not so rushed and anyways, I was stressing out a little bit and because they came over to mum and dad's house and I, I'd seen her and so I was just so hot, Holy Spirit highlights things. And he's doing it all the time to all of us. We just have to have ears to hear and eyes to see, you know. And um, so, and she was highlighted. I'm like, oh, I, I got to walk her out because she was leaving mum's house. I'm like, I better walk her out with mum because there's something here. And so, anyways, I was able to pray with her. I was like, you know what? You seem stressed, and this is a pretty big move, you know. After 36 years of living here, let's let's pray, you know. And so, I know whose name I'm coming in. Because the thing is, as a child of God, 
as a representative of Christ on this earth, as his beloved, I know that I'm here to release my heavenly citizen onto this earth. And like you guys are as well. You guys, you're, you're as a son and daughter, you have the honour and the, the responsibility to come in the name of the Lord Jesus and see things come to pass in people's lives that need God. <laughs> Praise God. So good. And sometimes we get, like Gabe was saying, you know, with fear coming against us. Or what Mark was saying, we have sometimes bad days or whatever, which things happen. There's high season, low season, whatever. But we're always in the season of being God's beloved. We're always in the season of coming in the name of Jesus, praying in the name of Jesus. That never changes. Doesn't matter what circumstances there are. Doesn't matter what comes against us. May we see above that. We see from heaven's perspective. And sometimes we have to align ourselves to that. Hey, Dad, I need to see from your perspective right now. And you know what his perspective always is? Well, ours should be. Is he is always good. He's always good. I don't care what we go through. I don't care how hard it is. It doesn't matter, man, because he is good and he is never changing. Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there now. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I need to put the timer on because, you know. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's true. We'll disrupt me. Okay. So anyways, um, <clears throat> that really did distract me. <laughs> so there's power in the name. Yes. And if God is love, and, and this name of Jesus is the name above every other name, when we're praying in the name of Jesus, we're going to be releasing love. We're releasing who God is. We're releasing fire. We're releasing his goodness. Anyways, going back to the, the neighbour, right, prayed with her, and then the next time I'd seen her, we had like a little going away party for her. Mate, they found a house that they loved, and they were able to purchase it. All in the timing of, of in, the in-between the move and, you know, the settlement and all that kind of stuff. So, and I was like, oh my gosh, God, this is something that might be small, but it's not small to me. Because I know that she was stressed. I don't care if I look like a fool, I'm going to go and pray for her. And I know that my dad hears my prayers and he puts them in action because I come in the name of Jesus. And he loves that woman. He loves her. So anyways, I was like, I don't even know if she noticed, but I was like, oh my gosh, Audrey, we prayed, remember? Anyways, and she was like, oh my gosh, yes, your prayers and da-da-da. And then, man, these are miracles and we can see them day in, day out through everyone. We're like secret agents. That's what we are. But we got to believe. we got to believe that when we're praying in the name of Jesus, that it shall come to pass. It doesn't matter if it doesn't look the way that we think that it's meant to look. Uh-uh, because God is always good and he's always doing stuff behind the scenes and he's always working back there. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to read a scripture to back this up. So, um, even though I've been speaking scripture anyways, but... Um, uh, da, 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 John uh, 14. I'm going to go to just to verse 13, just for time's sake. So, it says here, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So he repeats himself. 
And you know what? He repeats himself again in John 16, 23. He says, you won't need to ask me. This is Jesus speaking. You won't need to, um, to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. So it's like us going to the bank and having to withdraw money and we need to show ID that this is our bank account and we're even able to access this, these funds. So, you know, you have to do a signature. Can I grab a million dollars, please? A check. Signature here. We're signing in the name of Jesus to pick up, to receive, to grab anything that we need. And it's not just a selfish we need. We're, we're constantly looking for God. Who needs to be blessed today? Who needs, uh, who needs you, God? Man, like the other, on Monday, my uncle passed away, right? And, oh, dude, this is where it came. This, I, I woke up with this song in my head and it's, you know, there is power in the name, like the name of Jesus. There's power in his name. And I'm singing this song and he just passed away. And the night before, I was praying for my cousin, for um, the, the sister-in-law, and, I, and, and, for, and for him as well, of course, my uncle. And even in that, it may look like a bad situation that he passed away. But man, God is so good. He has so much mercy on his children. And so I was asking things like, God, can you give you know, my cousin and that like comfort? Come to them in dreams and visions. Speak to them about what's going on here. And literally, my, my, the sister-in-law had a dream. And exactly, she woke up at the exact moment that he passed away. So her husband was in the hospital with him at 3.30 in the morning. She's at home and she gets woken up right, like she, they conversed about it afterwards, you know. Um, and it was right at that time that he passed away and she had this dream and it brought her such comfort. Do you know what I mean? God is so good, man. We look at things, oh, oh, this and this is happening. Nah, man, he's so good. We don't even understand his goodness. And here, today, I'm here. I want to inject faith to, to let you guys know and to remind you if somewhere along the way, you know, things have like died down because, oh, I didn't see you come through here, God, or I didn't see, no, but he probably came through over on this side because he doesn't just leave things the way that it is. He doesn't just, oh, just because right here what I'm looking at didn't work out the exact way that I wanted. Uh, he's, he's even bigger than that. He will turn a bad situation into an amazing situation and it will bring glory to him because it says here, when I just read that out, uh, actually, sorry, the verse before 13, it says, um, you know, that you're going to do greater works because I'm going to be with, with the Father. That's not what I was meant to read it. I read out to you. Oh, yeah, so here we go. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. In all of these things, we're going to be bringing glory to our Father, who we can now speak directly to in the name of Jesus, because we're sons and daughters, because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In saying that, I'm going to just quickly give you this scripture. So it says in James, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Why do you think it avails much? Why do you think it's powerful and effective? Well, because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we're like Jesus. His prayers were never hindered. When Jesus was walking this earth, he was right standing, never sinned. And I'm sorry, but we don't become righteous because we're so good. Like, that's, that's not the case. We become right standing with God because of Jesus and that he's so good. <laughs> he's so good, man. 
He's so good. So now we sound like Jesus. Now we're like mini Jesuses, but big Jesuses <laughs> on this earth because we're right, we're exact same place. We're right standing with God, the Father. We're in Him and He's in us. It says in, again in the Johns, actually I had written that down, but I won't go there. But it says, actually maybe I will. Jesus says, I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Do you see the oneness there? We're praying from a place of oneness with the Lord to the Father, even though we're one with Him. We, we can't get any more intertwined than this. We're one spirit with Him, man. You know, don't be discouraged by what you see. Constantly be asking God, show me things, God. Highlight things to me. You know, my grandpa passed away, right? It was three days before our wedding. And I was like, why would you let that happen, God? <laughs> like having my little stampy moment. And then I'm like, wait a second. I know you're so good. I know from experience, you are always faithful. You have never let me down. I know you're doing something behind the scenes here. And it was true. You know what? All our family and friends came in the presence of the Lord while, while we're getting married, this holy moment. Mind you, he had died, uh, sorry, three months earlier, he gave his heart to Jesus because I'm constantly on the, God, they all need to be saved. And I'm going to come in your name and that's going to happen. And I don't care. I will preach the gospel because it's the power unto their salvation. I don't care when it happens. I don't care if it's in, in 10 years. I know you're good and you want them more than me. So anyways, he gave his heart to Jesus at 97 years old. Three months before we get married. Three days before we get married, he dies. And I'm like, what's going on? But you know what? I saw God doing this beautiful work in my family members, in our family members, our friends, the ones that don't know God because their heart was open up to eternity in that moment. They just lost someone that they loved. And then they come and meet Jesus. They come into the presence of the Lord. He's always doing something good. We always have to be keeping an eye out. What are you doing, Lord? What are you doing, God? What are you doing, Lord? All the time, we gotta be, mate, you guys are, you guys are po pocket rockets. You guys are children of God. You guys are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are right standing. You've got the authority now to come praying to your Father, your Papa, our God, who is good, and praying His name. There is healing in His name. There's healing in His name. There is mercy in His name. There's no lack in His name. Throw out some names. Give, give me a name. One of the names of, G, uh, of, of, of God or El Shaddai, Yahweh, Jairo, Rapha, Jehovah. Yeah, Jehovah Nissi, Lord is my banner, Lord is my healer, Lord is my provider. huh? Come on. The Lord is our good God. He's all of those things. And He wants to reveal Himself to you, to us, to people out there. And it's not just that He wants to reveal Himself to us so we keep Him to ourselves. We freely give the goodness of God because He is love and He wants to show Himself to be good to the ones that you love, to you personally. Sometimes it's easy to pray for others, but it's like, what about but it's hard to pray for me. So right now, just to wrap this up, I wanna just bring us into a time of meeting, oh, of meeting God. 
So I want you guys to close your eyes. Jesus, holy. You're holy, God. Close your eyes and just think of one situation in your life or in one of your loved one's lives. The first one that comes to you, that where you need breakthrough, where you need something from God, that you need something from Him. So you got that in your mind? And now let's ask Father. How do you want to reveal yourself to me in this situation? Who do you want to be for me, Father, in this situation? Come holy, Holy Ghost, because there's power in your name. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. He brings healing. There's healing in his name. There's mercy in his name. There's hope. There's hope in his name. He's not leaving you for dead. He's injecting hope into you guys right now. Showing himself to you to be mighty and strong on your behalf, that you can rely on him, that he is faithful. I know God showed you guys something just then. You just received, even if it wasn't a word, there was an unction in your spirit, there was a prompting in your heart, there's something, because he's good and he shows up. And I want you guys to take that home with you and keep meeting him in that place as the weeks go on. Thanks, Dad. Thanks that you are this and this to me. Thank you that you are this and this in my situation. You're going to see breakthrough. I declare it, I decree it in the name of the Lord. You will have breakthrough. You will have freedom. Your loved ones will have hope. They will know the Lord in Jesus' name. I declare and decree it as an ambassador of Christ Jesus on this earth. We loosen heaven over your situations. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.